Welcome back, Guardians. My name is Trams87. Today's video is a very special one, one that we hope you'll enjoy. But who are we? Well, firstly, to tell this story, it was clear help was needed, so a fire team of three had to be forged. Today, I'm joined by my fellow Guardians and scholars from the libraries of the Ishtar Collective. These incredible light bearers are Kaz PhD from the Embrace Destiny YouTube channel and Mrs. Hyven from the Guardians of Law podcast. Be sure to check out their work on Destiny Law. A big thank you from me to them both. Without their help, this guide to the Elixni would not be possible. You can find links to both their work in the description down below. So without further ado, welcome to the complete history of the Fallen. The purpose of this video is to be a visual guide, telling you briefly the history of the Fallen race. Who are they? Where they came from? And what is happening right now? In order to bring you up to speed with Beyond Light launching on November 10th, which will certainly highlight the Fallen in a big way. During this video, you will hear certain terms used quite often in order to refer to the same race or creature, pre-Whirlwind and post-Whirlwind. Elixni is the true name of those who are now called the Fallen, once a proud race blessed with the light of the Traveller. After the events of the Elixni collapse, one might say the Elixni people fell from grace. Fallen is now their name, used to describe this enigmatic bug-like race. They have lost their ways of old, become pirates, scavengers, and even thieves thieves, scrounging together what they can make a place for themselves to create a home. They've been forgotten driven mad by rituals of brutality and senseless infighting like cockroaches, only to rear their twitching limbs and eyes when they are in need of something, or so it would seem. In order to tell this story, we need to go back before our beloved traveler entered the soul system. For in days of old, before we were chosen, there were those called before us and they were the Elixni. Elixni, the name of the fallen before the whirlwind. They were chosen by the traveler before humanity, according to Varix. Before the whirlwind, the Elixni were in their own golden age, with advanced technology that was lost and subsequently stolen by other races. The whirlwind caused the houses to begin fighting each other and many houses were slaughtered completely. As you can see, the Elixni were the travelers first chosen. However, they entered their own version of the collapse, which ultimately led to the destruction and almost wiping out of the Elixni people altogether. This is interesting because their experience with the traveler obviously holds major similarities 
to what we have experienced as the human race in the Destiny universe. The Elixni were a proud and noble society, which was divided into numbers of houses, none of which are known to maintain friendly relations with one another, except for the House of Judgment, which was meant to live among the other houses and keep peace. Each house is, was, ruled by a Kel, who acts as a political leader of a house and commanded a Ketch. Prime servitors are exalted as gods among the fallen, inspiring fanatical devotion from the house to which they belong and provide a steady supply of vital ether and new lesser servitors. Archons serve as both high priests and chief engineers of a house, mediating between the Kel and the Prime Servitor, in addition to overseeing maintenance of the house's machines. Houses require all three to be fully stable. Without a Kel, a house becomes prone to infighting. Without an Archon, a house Prime Servitor is vulnerable to attack. And without a Prime Servitor, a house cannot produce new servitors for either. As such, fallen do not take the loss of their leaders lightly. If any or all the leaders are to be killed, then members of the house would panic and scatter, weakening the house to the point of being permanently broken. Below the upper echelon of house leadership are the barons and captains, and the individual crews they command. Captains are fallen who have managed to gather a following of vandals and dregs, who serve as a captain's crew, commanding respect through brute force. Most captains swear fealty to the certain house, but some operate independently. A step above captains in ranks are the barons, whose authority are second only to the Kells so they command their own stiffs as well as their crews. The majority of fallen houses consist of vandals and dregs. Vandals serve as both seasoned infantry and skilled workers. They aspire to become captains and one day lead crews of their own. Dregs are the lowest class in fallen society, docked of their lower pair of arms in a ritual of humiliation and obedience. Dregs zealously fill the roles of shock troops and menial labourers in crews. The life expectancy of a dreg is notoriously short, but those who survive to be promoted to vandals are permitted to regrow their limbs. To give you some insight on the events of the Elixni Collapse, here is a short entry titled Whirlwind, and it reads, the event that triggered the collapse of the Elixni civilization was caused, at least in part, by the departure of the Traveller. Like humanity's golden age, the Elixni experienced significant advancement in technology under the Traveller. When it left, the House of Devils, Dusk, Exile, Judgment, Kings, Light, Rain, Scar, Winter and Wolves, to fighting each other and many houses were wiped out. The whirlwind occurred before humanity's first contact with the Traveller. 
There are some who say that the Hive played a big role in the collapse of the Elixini civilization's Golden Age. If that's true, then they were already doomed to fall from grace into the shadows, wandering forgotten planets in systems looking for technology to bolster their catches or augment their own bodies to help reproduce either for survival or transform themselves to exist without the hindrance of ether to keep moving forward as a people. Time and time and time again, the Elixini arose in order to defeat and lay waste to any other race that stood in their way of claiming what they believed to be theirs. By means of brute force, take back that which they thirst for. The Traveller unknowingly to this proud society that they may not have been the first to be chosen and gifted by the Traveller. According to Destinypedia, organised and run by Bungie, it is a rumour that the Hive led by Oryx, the Taken King, played a role during the whirlwind and the desolation of the Elixni race. People, these fallen, call them what you will, it is revealed that Calchis, Kel of Stone, was taken during the events of the Whirlwind and killed by Oryx himself. Till this day, the Fallen revere Calchix and honour his name. There is still so much mystery that surrounds the Fallen and the events that truly transpired during the Whirlwind. So many questions can be asked. Why are the Hive bent on chasing after the Traveller? Why do the Fallen want the Traveller back? The tug of war is strong and the road ahead is fraught with new challenges. However, the story does not end here, Guardians. No. The Elixini people are determined, vexed, unwavering in redeeming themselves to show that they can be the strong and powerful people they once were. Not just a bunch of scrounging wayfarer pirates pillaging any piece of technology they can throw together. They desire to live, have life again. After all, choice is the right of all sentient beings, and this is especially so for the Elixni. They must have their beloved traveller, and if not, then it's power. One way or another, they will resound their gongs or make their cries until the universe recognises they too are someone. Come now, let us join Mrs. Hyven as she recounts the tales of old, so that you might better understand where we stand now and the future of Beyond Light. Hey everyone, this is Mrs. Hyven. I am going to be taking you from the Battle of Six Friends all the way up to Rise of Iron. I hope you enjoy. The Battle of Six Friends Some believe the City Age began with the Battle of Six Friends. It was at this battle that the city faced and overcame its first major attack. The Fallen House of Devils, in an attempt to potentially reclaim the Traveler, or Great Machine, as they called it, attacked the newly formed city that was on the Earth just below the suspended Traveler. Four orders of Titans, led by the Iron Lords, defended the city from the Fallen's attack on six different fronts, hence the name, the Battle of Six Fronts. 
Among some of those fighting at this battle are some very recognizable names such as Osiris, Saint-14, Shax, and Saladin. Due to Osiris's light projections, it seemed to many as if he was all over the battlefield fighting alongside many guardians. Saint-14 inspired another guardian named Elric, and together they cleared the western front and saved eight little lights. In the end, not one front was lost and the fallen were pushed back into a full retreat. It is after this battle that Osiris begins to evaluate the traveler. He goes so far as to call it a burden. In Entry Margins Part 2 in The Pigeon and the Phoenix, you can see Osiris contemplating that while the traveler may have given us the powers and the weapons we wield as guardians to use in this fight against the fallen, it is also the reason we fight them. I find this as an interesting comparison to a quote by a member of the fallen race, Dreyfus, the Daring. He said, Whirlwind whisked us to this war-weary world. We galloped the galaxy to grasp the great machine. It is not our fate to fall on this field. Seeing what the Traveler has done to the Fallen may cause many Guardians to wonder if we suffer a similar fate. Twilight Gap After retreating at the Battle of Six Fronts, the Fallen House of Devils sent out a call to all of the houses. The Kells decided that the survival of the Fallen was dependent on them destroying the city, and to do this, they would need the help of all the houses. The battle at Twilight Gap and the Reef Wars begin at roughly the same time as they are both caused by the houses responding to the call from House of Devils. Only three of the four houses made it to the battle at Twilight Gap. Saladin led the charge against the House of Kings, Devils, and Winter. During the battle, the Fallen deployed their Walkers, a mobile gun platform. This weapon is considered to be a deadly threat due to its ability to snuff out a Guardian's light. After taking fire from the Walkers, far too many Guardians were killed attempting to hold their position. After a continuous attempt to defend the city, Saladin gave the command to fall back. This command, however, simply did not compute with Shax. As a member of the Firebreak Order, who are best known for being a dad aggressive in battle and only pushing forward, never falling back, he ignored this command from Saladin and pushed the Fallen back. To this day, this decision has caused animosity between Saladin and Shax. The final blow in this battle, though, is not from Shax, but from Saint-14. In fact, Saint-14 becomes known for his final blow, the infamous headbutt that killed the Kell of House Devils. The battle at Twilight Gap was the last battle by a collaborative Fallen. The multiple houses are all left in shambles. We have since seen multiple attempts by various Fallen to re-establish at least one house or another to no avail. And an interesting fact about this particular battle is that the Galahorn is made from the armor of the Guardians that fell at Twilight Gap. The Reef Wars one of the biggest contributors to the Guardian's success at the Battle of Twilight Gap is owed to the Awoken. Aldrin's crows detected fallen chatter among all of the houses. The Awoken knew something was stirring and feared they had no way to warn Earth. When the wolf ship stopped at Cirrus, an asteroid in the asteroid belt that lies between Mars and Jupiter, apparently unaware of the Awoken's existence in the reef, Mara decided to fight. 
Mara engaged in some banter and had the Fallen underestimating her. By the time they knew the full power she and the Awokens were able to wield, it was too late. Mara's Harbingers destroyed the asteroid. This marked the beginning of the Reef Wars. After multiple battles and losses on both sides, the Reef Wars came to an end with the capture of Skolas and Mara being named Kell of Wolves by House Judgment. Through all of this, I think it's important to say that the Awoken are not guardians. They fought this fight to protect Earth at a far higher cost than the guardians. Tanix, Andal, and Cade Six. During the Battle of Twilight Gap and the Reef Wars, Cade Six and his team had been hunting Fallen. And after some time, the Fallen put out a bounty on the team. Tanix, a no-house mercenary Fallen, took the job. After a run-in with Tanix, they decided to hunt him. Andal and Cade even based the vanguard dare on who got the final blow to Tanix. Cade inevitably got the final blow, or so he thought. Much later, while on a mission, Tanix ends up killing Andal. This is how Cade becomes the hunter vanguard. It is believed that Tanix is still out there. Our guardian. The most important part of the Fallen timeline and how they get their butts handed to them is this next part. The greatest guardian of all time is Rezd. Just kidding, it's our guardian. I mean, maybe yours is the greatest, but mine's just over here trying her best. Our initial D1 story does involve a lot of interaction with the Fallen. We have to fight off Fallen to get our first ship. We have to reclaim the warp drive from Rixus. We kill Greylix at the Ishtar Academy and we stop the restoration of the soul of Oxor. All in all, we are really becoming an inconvenience for the Fallen as a whole. Then we move on and we go off to do some Hive slash Crota stuff. The Return of Skolas. Meanwhile, you may recall, Skolas was merely captured, not killed. He was put in the prison of elders until one day Mar decided to give him as a gift to the Nine. And if you thought gifting him to the Nine was weird, it gets weirder. The Nine eventually just let him go. After being let go, Skolas decides to send out a call to arms to all of his fellow fallen. No more houses, all fallen as one. And he names himself Kel of Kells. After the Guardians ruin Skolas' plan time and time again, he takes a last stand at the Citadel, where he is captured and once again, thrown in to the prison of elders. Skolas eventually dies by combat at the hands of the Guardians. Rise of Iron. Siva was a form of self-replicating nanotechnology developed by Clovis Bray in the Golden Age. It was discovered during the early City Age, but quickly began doing more harm than good and caused almost all of the Iron Lords to be sealed away with it in a bunker in the bowels of the Cosmodrome. The Splicers were the scientist and tech division of the Fallen Houses. The Devil Splicers later rediscovered Siva, leading to Rise of Iron. This is where our guardian, at the instruction of Saladin, goes in to absolutely ruin the Fallen's day. We invade the Devil's Lair and kill Sepkis Prime, Voskis, and Mexis. We also infiltrated the Siva server farm, destroying all of the malice the Fallen had attempted to accomplish there. All right, everyone, that's it. 
Battle of Six Fronts to Rise of Iron. Next up, we have Kaz, PhD, who's going to take you on the rest of your journey through the history of the Fallen. Since just before the Red War, the Fallen have barely made their presence known. In the grimoire card, Ghost Fragments, Fallen Six, Deputy Commander Sloan reported on the situation, describing it as such. The Fallen are abandoning the Cosmodrome. The Fallen Houses are gone. The siege is broken. The stalemate that we've had with the Elixir, for what, a hundred years? It's over. We won. Commander, I'm not even sure they're flying the banners anymore. The team found huge mounds of burnt cloth and armor, ceremonial piles, and several of the most hardcore fallen holdouts. What's changed? Where have the fallen gone? Why have they burned their banners? Well, we know what changed. Two major factors contributed to the fallen's behavior. First, it is rumored they knew of the incoming Red Legion and that they chose to evacuate while they could. The second, but more prominent reason was us. Guardians had broken house after house for years, and the Fallen could no longer afford to lay siege to us and our city. So they backed off. Many consolidated under the same house, the House of Dusk, wearing purple and terrorizing territory far from the last city. The next time we would hear of the Fallen in any great detail was during the Forsaken campaign. In the Stolen Intelligence lore book, card Outliers, a Vanguard agent, RAN-187, reported the Fallen situation as follows. Fallen armed forces continue to fall back from active fronts across Terra. Factions of House Dusk remain active in the European Dead Zone. Throughout the rest of the globe, refugee attack incidents have dropped by more than 70% since the conclusion of the Red War, largely attributable to depressed fallen and human populations rather than any significant change in interspecies relations. Number two. In absence of any united leadership, House Dusk continues to splinter and radicalize. The report continues, discussing key players and the development of crime syndicates. Interestingly enough, this agent believes that because the syndicates have no relation to indigenous fallen culture from the original Elixni society, young fallen have begun imitating human mythology and culture in absence of their own. The entry continues, detailing several important fallen to consider. First, the spider, who operates a black market on the Tangled Shore and keeps his own kind of order and control. Mostly neutral, with an understanding first established by the hero of the Red War and semi-open to other guardians, for a price. Next, the characters of Varix, Mithrax, and Aramis. Varix, formerly of the House of Judgment, was subjugated by Marasov and served the Reef for quite a time. However, as the most loyal lore book details, Varix grew tired and wanting to rebuild the ways of old, abandoned his post and opened the prison of elders. This, of course, led directly to the events of Forsaken. Varix's experiments with Aether, the fallen source of vitality, led to the creation of Dark Aether, which the fanatic was able to use to reanimate dead fallen. Thus, the Scorn were born. Mithrax and Aramis have been like shadows, and we'll come back to them later. The next major push by the Fallen would be by the crime syndicate known as Kel's Scourge, 
a kind of anti-everything fallen group, they began sowing chaos thanks to access to some black armory technology. Civics, their leader, and the spider's brother set up operations all across the system, on Nessus, on Earth, using the lost forges and fallen tech to craft his own perverted form of power. Working with Ada-1 and the Spider, the Guardians push Civics and his crew back, ultimately leading to the events of the Scourge of the Past raid and Civics's downfall. During the raid, Ada intercepted news that the Kells' Scourge were attempting to break into a Black Armory vault, a vault which was partially exposed thanks to damage caused during the Red War. If the Fallen had succeeded, they would have had Golden Age technology right on the edge of the last city. Thankfully, many Guardians, possibly including you, pushed them back and ultimately incarcerated Civics, as can be seen on the Anarchy lore tab. And that would be one of the last major offenses from the Fallen so far. However, as I mentioned before, shadows have remained. Mithrax, and to a lesser degree Aramis, have been operating behind the scenes for some time. We first met Mithrax on Titan during the Enemy of My Enemy quest, where we sought out a Golden Age CPU on Titan and discovered the Rat King exotic quest. During this mission, Mithrax, the fallen captain, acted strangely. He would avoid a direct fight, he kept trying to trap us or distract us, and he remained non-confrontational. Finally, when we caught up with him, Mithrax was fighting a Hive Knight for the CPU. Helping him to defeat the knight, Mithrax then bowed and left, leaving us to take the technology uncontested. Mithrax has an interesting past, but there's too much to cover in our report here. The short version is that he was a typical fallen soldier who was captured by Shir Ido, Marasov's bodyguard. Instead of treating him poorly, Shir treated him with respect, and Mithrax came to learn about her and her people. Eventually, Mithrax would strike out on his own, and has been working to ally fallen interests with humanities ever since. The lore cards for the Lord of Wolves and the Queensbreaker exotic detail that Mithrax has formed a fire team, that he is working with a hunter and warlock, marking the first time that we know of, of an Elixni and Guardian fire team. We would next hear from Mithrax through a fallen transponder, a coded signal, leading us to the farm. Here is also where we heard more about Aramis. During the Rise of Iron, Guardians had secured Siva Tech, most prominently used on the Outbreak Prime exotic pulse rifle. Afterwards, Cryptarchs had been hard at work, aiming to better understand and control Siva by experimenting on the weapon. Aramis, hearing that some Siva still existed in the Old Tower, made a move to claim it for herself. Aramis, also known as Aramis the Shipstealer, was a former House of Devils Baroness, incarcerated during the Wolf Wars. She fled the Prison of Elders during the events of Forsaken, and had been dedicated to the old, vile, vicious ways of the Fallen ever since. She has been working to reform the House of Devils, and finish what they couldn't, take out humanity and claim the Traveler for the Elixni people, and herself. In a genius move, Mithrax set up the Hero of the Red War, one of the most powerful Guardians, to intercept and stop her. During the events of Zero Hour, Guardians took out Aramis's troops and retrieved the Outbreak Perfected. As revealed in the weapon's lore tab, Mithrax had just accomplished three things in one move. He had weakened Aramis and her position, he had stopped Sivo from falling into the wrong hands, 
And most importantly, he had made an ally with a very powerful and influential guardian. This is important, and we'll discuss why in a moment. Since Zero Hour, Mithrax has laid low, with only the Truth Quest giving any update. During that mission, Guardians discovered a trail, a rite of passage, pieces of a weapon that an Elixni had hidden away for his daughter. Recovering these pieces, Guardians remade the exotic weapon, Truth, and learned that the daughter was an adoptive one, that the father was trying to teach her more about her own people and of humanity and the Awoken. Now, looking ahead, we have whispers of fallen activity in the Outer System, specifically on Europa. The Rhymed Shell, containing another report from Agent RAN-187, details the presence of both Aramis and Varix on an outer moon, codenamed Nilfheim. As yet, it is unclear what Varix's motives are, nor if he's a prisoner or an ally of Aramis. But we do not know more about her motives. With the pyramid ships arriving, it has become clear that Aramis will, in some manner, earn the powers of stasis, of the darkness. What her exact plans are, we do not yet know. But given her earlier motivations, it would seem likely that Aramis, unable to get her hands on other power or convince the Traveler to side with her, will empower herself and her allies with darkness to strike back at humanity and the Traveler. If she can't have the power of the light, then no one can, it seems. In the end, it is important to remember that the Elixni, though enemy they have been, have had a very challenging history. The Traveler was once over their head, providing comfort, safety, technology, such as we had during the Golden Age. Then, their collapse, their whirlwind, set them adrift, chasing power, technology, even just food, wherever they could find it. The Fallen have been enemies of humanity for a long time, they have brought so much death and violence to our people, but for most of their society, the primary driving factor has been a need to survive. Most of the fallen activity the Guardians encounter are their attempts to mine for ether, their very food. While there is very high potential for violent leadership, there may also be an opportunity for peace, or at least for allegiance. Mithrax's examples of working with Guardians demonstrate that this is possible. His work to congregate some of the younger fallen, those without old grudges, into the House of Light has even been noticed by Osiris himself. While there are many who may harbor old grudges on both sides, the arrival of the pyramids, the increasing interference from Savathun, and the seeming silence of the Traveler mean that humanity as it stands now may be on its own. Cosmic forces are brewing and if we're going to thrive, scratch that, if we're even going to survive, we may need all the help we can get. As we transition to beyond light, to the dark, cold world of Europa, it may be even more important to better understand our enemy and our potential allies. Aramis has clearly established herself as the former, but we're not quite sure yet of Varix nor Mithrax's plans. So, we hope you've enjoyed this history of the Elixni. We hope it has given you a better context regarding this proud race, and we hope it opens the door to, for future opportunities. Speaking of which, we fellow lore masters will continue poring over old tomes and new discoveries, aiming to bring a deeper knowledge and meaning to this grand world of ours. Be sure to check out our individual channels linked below, as each of us focuses on different aspects in different ways, which should prove a great addition to your subscription list. We want to thank you all very much for watching and making it to the end. It's been great seeing all of your support and all of our various channels. As always, Guardians, we wish that you be safe, 
be kind, and we'll see you all next time. Bye now.